Well, it's Know Your Bible Sunday again. Seems like just a little while ago we had Know Your Bible Sunday. They come pretty frequently these days. This is the 30th time we've had a Know Your Bible Sunday. Uh, If you want some more facts on that and facts about how the program started and all of that, hopefully you got a handout on your way in. If not, there will be some back there on your way out. So a lot of details in there, a lot of the facts, a lot of the numbers, uh, things that if you're curious about, you can find out in there. I'm not going to stand here and read it to you. You can read it at your leisure. Uh, We will go over a few special parts of it, but... Uh, my main task, or actually I have two tasks this morning on Know Your Bible Sunday. Number one is to update you about Know Your Bible, uh, how the program's going, what's happening, uh, whatever level of knowledge you have about Know Your Bible. I hope I increase that a little bit today. Uh, second task involves money, uh, specifically you uh, and the money that God has entrusted you with. Uh, My goal is to convince you uh, to participate in funding Know Your Bible with some of that money. Uh, I didn't say I could make you able to participate. Uh, Some of you may say, well, I'm not able. I don't have any left over. I can direct you to the one who can make you able and has made Northside able for 30 years. Paul was asking for money one time from some folks in Corinth, and he said in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to make you, uh, to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's quite a promise. Uh, Paul said God can make you able to help with every good work. And I, when you think of how many good works there are, you say, well, that's a little overstated. Well, it may be in some ways. But what he was telling the, the people was that they, they can't outgive God. If they give, if they sow beyond what they normally give, in fact, if they sacrifice beyond what they think they are able to give, God will make them able. So I trust God to make you able, but I take the goal of trying to convince you that uh, Know Your Bible is worthy of some of the funds that you have. Uh, so whether you are been faithful in giving for 30 years to Know Your Bible or you've never given to Know Your Bible, uh, I'm going to try to convince you that Know Your Bible is a good investment for the funds that you have. Let's do some updates first to get you up to date on how the program's going. It's had another great year. Uh, Lots of examples of it working exactly like it is intended to. Uh, I know that it reached who God wanted it to reach. Uh, That's not up to us. That's up to him. So I can promise you that he took care of that. He got it into the right places, the homes that he wanted it. Um. Uh, some of the details that you'll find if you read through the whole handout, uh, we got two new congregations supporting Know Your Bible this year, uh, Muscatine, Iowa congregation, and the Andover, Kansas congregation, who had given in years past but had 
uh, stopped for quite a few years. They decided this year to support Know Your Bible again, so that's that's good that we've grown there. Uh, <clears throat> one of the biggest changes probably was in the TV business. Uh, the TV business is a lot different than it was when we started, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, but most stations that we're on, uh, they like Know Your Bible. They, well, they all like Know Your Bible uh, because we pay our bills regularly. We uh, produce a quality program. Uh, their, their audiences like Know Your Bible. It's uh, one of the highest rated on uh, religious program at any time. Uh, so they like us. But the, the market or the business, not the market, but the business itself is changing. And we've been on in Rock Island, Illinois for a long time, and a few months ago I got an email. Uh, usually the salespeople will call and at least discuss things with you. I got an email that said uh, they were taking our time away from us. We had to move to another time, and here's what the new price would be. Well, I tracked down the emailer, and we had a little discussion about that, uh, but the fact was the station had been sold to somebody else, and these new people, corporate people somewhere, uh, just do what they want, basically. Uh, it's not like it used to be in some ways. To illustrate that, uh, after we made a new deal for a little earlier time and all that, uh, they emailed me and said, instead of sending the tape to Rock Island, send it to Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we've got a control center there and this new, bigger TV conglomerate. Uh, we've got a control center there that will broadcast it in Rock Island. So we changed the mailing address, and a few weeks later they called and said, now we want you to send it to Rochester, New York. We're going to send it from Rochester to Rock Island. So we did that, and a few weeks later they called and said, now we're going to send it, you want to send it to Salt Lake City. Uh, because we're going to broadcast it from Salt Lake City into Rock Island. And so we're changing addresses every couple of weeks and doing all this for this much larger operation than uh, we've had before. Um, just the way it is. Business is changing. Uh, and changing in a number of other ways, too. Uh, another thing that will change in 2016, or one of the biggest things that will change, is my role uh, Northsiders know we've been talking about retirement and repurposing for quite a while. Uh, well, we're <clears throat> about to that point. Uh, in 2016, I'll spend much less time in the pulpit, uh, much less time preparing to be in the pulpit, and much more time on Know Your Bible. Know Your Bible's always been part-time in one sense. Uh, it'll still be part-time, but it'll be a lot more time. And that's good because there's a lot of things that need to be paid attention to with Know Your Bible. Uh, things are changing so fast. Uh, obviously, I've got to keep the program going and get the tapes done with Toby and all of that, but there's much more to it right now. Uh, in fact, I think the timing is pretty good for me to devote more time to it. Uh, we've got to figure out a future course. Uh, we started 30 years ago in the age of broadcast television. Those of you that are old enough 
to remember, uh, we had three broadcast channels in 1986. Uh, you turned your TV on, and you could get ABC, NBC, and CBS. Uh, we decided in about 1981 or so that we would like to do a TV program locally. So we went to Channel 3, Channel 10, and Channel 12 and said we'd like to buy a time slot on Sunday morning. Uh, they put us on a waiting list, and about four years later, NBC or Channel 3 called and said, we've got a time slot for you. That's the way the TV business worked back then. Uh, there were three channels. They had the monopoly on it, uh, and, and Sunday mornings were booked with religious TV programs from across the country, many of them nationwide, uh, some of them local, and it didn't turn over too often. Um, it was different in 1986. Some of you will find this hard to believe, but if you wanted to watch a TV program in 1986, uh, you had to mark your calendar or your day timer for that time, uh, you had to be in your living room at that time, in your chair, and when it was time, you had to walk up to the TV and change the channel. Yeah. Once you got that done, you had to sit there through all the commercials and everything uh, to watch that TV program. Now... Um, <laughs> I bet nobody in here has followed that process for any TV program this past week. We don't do that anymore. In fact, I'd almost bet that anybody under 40 hasn't done any of those things. Uh, people under 40 don't sit down and watch TV when it's broadcast. They watch what they want, when they want, where they want. Uh, they download something, watch it on an airplane, watch it at lunch break. Now, whatever the, I'm trying to tell you, the world's changing. Uh, we've got to adjust to that. We've, we've got to get where we're reaching people that don't deal in broadcast TV. Now, don't, don't get worried. I realize that we have a huge audience most likely. We can't measure it, but the comments we get, we know there are a whole lot of old folks that at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, uh, they're waiting for Know Your Bible. Because it's not just Know Your Bible to a lot of those folks. To them, it's their church. It's their chance to hear some Bible teaching. Uh, so we know we've got a lot, a lot of folks out like that. But So we got to balance things. But... The world is definitely changing. Uh, I remember the first Sunday of Know Your Bible, the first time we were on the air, July 13th, 1986. Uh, we were in the old building. We had a phone out in the lobby that you could hear ring if somebody called in during church. And we were all kind of breathless, you know, waiting to hear if that phone rang. Well, when it rang, <laughs> we, we were just thrilled to death. Uh, phone doesn't ring much anymore, folks. Uh, I went back, I forgot something, one paper I had, I went back to the office and it was about 20 after 10 and I asked the phone operators, I said, you getting any calls today? They said, we just got our first one. 
Uh, we just cut back from three operators to two operators because not that many calls coming. Now, tomorrow morning, uh, the email box will be full. Uh, people will get on the website and call in their, or log in their questions, ask for the Bible correspondence courses. Uh, we'll have a lot of work to do tomorrow uh, because they're using the Internet. Uh, both phone number and the website are on the bottom of the screen, and these days people don't pick up the phone and call. So times are changing, and we've got to figure out how to deal with that. Where's the, where's the market for Know Your Bible? How do we uh, get into the 21st century a little better than we are now? So I'll be focusing on that a lot more than we have been. Okay, so that's kind of the main updates, I think. Uh, before I tell you some things that happened this year with Know Your Bible, uh, let me explain to some of you that are new, and I tend to talk about this every year, but let me explain why it works, why, why this program works. Uh, you look at the, the numbers page there, and boy, it looks like an awful lot of money. Uh, well, that's an expensive program. Well, it is in some ways. Um, but it's effective. It it works as well as anything we know works. And here's why. Uh, we do what Jesus intended us to do. We sow the Word. Uh, we always read the parable of the sower. In some years we read the, the parable itself like we did this morning. And <laughs> Excuse me, sometimes we read Jesus' explanation of it. But you put those two together, and he's describing how the world works. He said, if you sow the seed, it'll fall on different kinds of soil. And he tells us there are different kinds of soil. And he doesn't really tell us to worry about that too much. He tells us just to sow the seed. So that's kind of our slogan for, for Know Your Bible. That's kind of our picture of it. That's what we're doing is sowing the seed. Uh, this morning, in our broadcast areas, uh, between 7.30, that's when we're on the earliest up in uh, Iowa, Illinois, between 7.30 and 10.30, uh, 1.5 million households could turn on Know Your Bible. And obviously not all of them are going to. Obviously they're going to have other things on or they're not going to have the TV on or they're not awake yet or whatever. But that's the potential. The 1.5 million households could be listening, watching, know your Bible. Uh, in 10 different states, uh, one person or a couple or a family uh, could be clicking through to see what's interesting this morning, and stumble on Know Your Bible. Okay. Now that's sowing the seed. That, that's just putting it out there, and whatever kind of soil happens to be in that house, is, it's going to fall on them. Okay. Now, there's a lot of other ways of sowing the seed. Uh, some of our missionaries... Uh, operating on their own in a strange town like Alex and Aaron, uh, they'll go to a coffee shop and try to meet somebody and see if they're interested in the Bible. And if they are, try to study the Bible with them. And if you're one person alone in a strange city, that's a pretty good way. 
uh, lots of other ways to uh, find people that are uh, good soil and talk to them about the Bible and all that. Uh, we just think, no, your Bible is unique in that it gets into places that no other method will get into. Uh, and over the years, we've seen that over and over again. People that just no other way to reach them. So part one of, well, it's all we do really is sow the seed. Uh, that's part one. And it works because everybody does their part. You know, the givers give. Today, that's what we're talking about is givers giving. Uh, the givers give, and Toby and I prepare the programs and tape them. Uh, the phone operators answer the phone. The secretaries find all the emails. Uh, the BCC crews send BCCs out and, and grade them and encourage the students. Those of you that pray, pray for the program. Uh, and we've all done that for 29 years. So that's why that part works. But why the whole thing works is we do the sowing, and then part two is God's part. And he promised that he'd do it. In Isaiah fifty-five eleven, he said, the word that goes out from my mouth. And that's what we do. We, we take the word from his mouth, and we send it out. He says, the word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish what I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for I, which for I, the thing I sent it for. I botched that a little bit, but you get the picture. God said, if it goes out, I've got a purpose for it, and that purpose will be fulfilled, and I've got a place I want it, and that place will be reached. That's a great promise. When you're sowing and you don't know where it's going, uh, you let God take care of that. And he said he would take care of that. It will go, and it will accomplish the purpose. So that's why the program works. Now, as for does it work, we know it works. Well, we've got stories from, uh, you know, over 29 years, and we've got 100 times that we never hear. And we don't know. Uh, I've said before, almost... Every time, and I know Bill will amen this, anytime we go to another congregation anywhere in Kansas, somebody will come up and say, I'm a Christian because I know your Bible. And we don't hear about those things until they come up and introduce themselves. But we know it works. I put on one page of the handout uh, some of the stories, and I'll re repeat a couple of them because I think they're worth repeating. But the kind of things that happen that show us uh, that we know it works. Let me read uh, something from a long list of emails here. Uh, there's a lady named Donna. That's all I know about her. Don't know anything else about her. Don't know where she's from. Uh, don't know what her family condition. Uh, don't know how much she knows about the Bible. I don't know how old she is or anything. I just know that a few months or maybe weeks ago, uh, I had an email from her on Monday morning. Okay, Sandy found that in the email box, gave it to me, forwarded it to me, and she asked a question uh, in there 
about uh, uh, once saved, always saved. So I sent her. I didn't write her an answer for that because we have a paper already prepared that explains the doctrine of once saved, always saved, what the Bible says and all that. So I sent that to her in an attachment to an email. A few weeks later, she sent a return email. And she asked about the priesthood of the believer. Would we please explain that to her? So I had to write that one up. We didn't have a prepared paper, so I wrote her an answer that said, here's what the Bible says about the priesthood of the believer and our understanding of that. A few weeks later, a couple of weeks ago, in fact, I got this email from her. Thank you so much for your wonderful answer to my question about the priesthood of the believer. I've been a Southern Baptist nearly all my life, but I really don't like the path the convention is choosing. I don't like mixing religion with politics. I always have believed that once saved, always saved theory, but after watching Know Your Bible for several years, I'm coming very close to rejecting that teaching as faulty. I love every single person in our church, but I'm considering joining the Church of Christ. Are there any other major differences between Southern Baptist and your church? I gladly await your response. Thank you for taking your valuable time to help me. Uh, I sent Donna a summary of what I thought the differences were, and I don't know what Donna will do with that. I just know we sowed the seed, and there's somebody there that's interested in what the Bible says. Uh, God knew where Donna was. I didn't. Uh, God, God knows what's in Donna's heart. I didn't. But Donna's got some truth now. And Donna will choose what, what to do with it. Another one that I thought was real interesting, a lady named Leela, member of the church up in Agra, Kansas. Uh, Agra is one of our supporters. I always said Agra, but one of them called one Sunday and told me to pronounce it Agra. So if you're from there, you can correct me too, but I call it Agra now. Uh, and that little church there in Agra sends us some support every month. Uh, good, faithful supporters of Know Your Bible. Well, one of the members there named Leela uh, wrote a handwritten note a couple of weeks ago. Listen to what she said. Oh, I'll tell you one more part. Is the people who support Know Your Bible, the, the congregations that provide support, we advertise them on TV. Uh, we've about 20 minutes in or so, or somewhere around there, we do a church ad, and we rotate them between all the churches that uh, contribute. Uh, some churches give just a little bit, of $10 a month or something like that. So some weeks we kind of lump two or three together and say, if you live in one of these communities, uh, drop in and visit the Church of Christ. Uh, lately I've been saying, if you know somebody that attends the Church of Christ, uh, stop and tell them thank you for providing the program. Uh, these, pro these churches provide the program for you, so tell them thank you. So anyhow, Lila wrote and said, last week at a community benefit dinner, a man from our neighboring town, Kensington, came to the table where we were eating. He asked if we attended the Church of Christ. 
Uh, the week before, Agra was one of the mentioned sponsors of Know Your Bible. And he just wanted us to know how much they enjoyed the program. He and his wife watch Know Your Bible before they attend services at the Assembly of God. He said he thinks they follow the Bible fairly close, but you guys are right on the mark. Said keep up the good work. We tape the program and watch it after dinner. One point that I didn't one part I left out of the handout because so many people wouldn't know what it was, and plus I wanted you all to laugh at one time. The guy said also he was curious about what happened to the white haired guy. <laughs> so it's it works. It's go, it's going places. I mean you try to dream up a scheme that introduces a Bible believer interested in the truth from a neighboring town to a member of the church in some other town. You figure out a way to do that. I don't know how to do that, but God got it done. What will be the outcome of that story? I have no idea, but God got that much done already. All right, let me read you one more here. Uh, this comes from Moline, Illinois. Uh, the church up there in Moline supports us also. And their minister is, is really good at following up on Know Your Bible leads. I've talked to him a number of times, met him when I was up there. He does a real good job of it, and he lets me know when things are going on usually, so I really appreciate him. But a couple of weeks ago I came in, and there was a note from him on the email. Uh, he said, this morning I received a call from a woman named June wanting to talk to me about baptism. Now, she's a lifelong member of the Lutheran Church and has her 10-year pin for perfect attendance in Sunday school. <laughs> uh, that's from her Lutheran Church in Dubuque, and now she lives over in Moline. Uh, she currently lives in Moline and has apparently not been attending a church locally, but has been watching Know Your Bible. She said she saw an episode where they were talking about baptism. And she's also been watching the AD TV show, if you remember that one about the gospel spreading after Jesus died. Said she'd been watching that and noticed how they do baptisms on the show. They immerse people on the show. So anyhow, she goes on to say she attended a baptism ceremony for one of her grandchildren, and she realized then that that little sprinkling thing is not enough. So she called me to see how she would go about being baptized. Okay. Uh, so Brother Lance up there is still studying with her and her husband, and we don't know how that will turn out either. Uh, but I didn't know about that lady. I didn't know about her background. I didn't know her heart was interested in truth. I didn't know there was good soil in that house. But God did. And he got the message to her. The last one I want to tell you, and I put his picture in your handout so you could meet Curly. Uh, his story is very interesting. A couple of weeks ago, Saturday, I mean Friday, September the 18th, uh, everybody basically in Northside leadership was gone. Uh, it was strategic planning weekend, and the elders and staff and most everybody 
uh, was gone, out of town. Uh, Lane had stayed in town and happened to be the only one at the building at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And she saw a vehicle pull up outside, and she watched to see if it was somebody she knew. And the door opened slowly, and one foot came out after about a minute. And after what seemed like another minute, the other foot came out. And a little while later, a cane came out. That's all she could see. And an old gentleman got out of the car and made it slowly over to one of our columns out there and leaned up against it to rest. Now, staff, especially the uh, ladies, are supposed to be real careful about opening the door to strangers or going outside if they don't know somebody and all that, but by this time Elaine figured she could outrun this guy, so <laughs> uh, she went and opened the door and asked him if she could help, if there was something she could do. And Curly told her that he was uh, 85 years old, he was from McPherson, and he wasn't know your Bible all the time, and he had come to Northside to be baptized. And Elaine said, well, I'm the only one here. And he said, that's okay. <laughs> I brought my swim trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Curly was ready. So Elaine explained that, no, I need to call somebody else. So she called Brother Justin Abraham, uh, who was working with the shop and could get here in a few minutes. And Brother Justin did appear in a few minutes. And uh, they visited with Curly for a while, and he told him he was 85 years old, uh, been watching Know Your Bible for four years. He was baptized as a baby. And over the years watching Know Your Bible, he had decided that that just wasn't good enough. That just wouldn't cut it. So he said on June, when he had his 85th birthday, he told himself, I have to give myself to the Lord. He said, I have to be baptized. And he resolved that he was going to come to Northside and be baptized. Well, September the 18th was the first time he was able to get a ride to Wichita. A little over an hour away, but he finally got a ride, and he brought his swim trunks, and he came. So Justin and Elaine explained to him about the walk up the stairs and down the stairs and all that, and asked if he could make that, and he said, yep, he can handle that. Uh, Justin helped him immensely, I think, but Justin got him up and down, and Justin immersed him into Christ Jesus. He baptized him into Jesus' death. In order that, just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, so Curly, too, could live a new life. That's what happened that day. They told me that when Curly came up from the water, he was grinning from ear to ear, and he said, it feels just like I thought it would feel. They changed clothes, and Justin got him back down the stairs. And when they were done with that, they, they asked him about all the stairs. How are you holding up? Curly said it was worth every step. Worth every step. I would add, in the light of today's goal, that 
that was worth every dollar. Know your Bible works. It goes places that nobody even knows there's a place because God does know it's there. Uh, if it sounds like it's worth it to you uh, and you want to grow in the grace of giving, uh, I encourage you to take the form out of your little handout. There's one in there. It's really simple. And you can commit. You can give the one-time gift or you can commit to give a weekly gift or whatever your budget allows, uh, you're able to commit to that. Uh, we don't follow up or hold you to it or send you a notice if you're delinquent. Uh, we just take that number and decide if we can stay on the air for another year. Uh, we take that number and decide if we can make a year's commitments for broadcast time and all of that. So please, uh, and if you think you're ready to fill it out today, please note. Take it home and think about it. Discuss it in your family. Make it a topic of a, a meal or two about what, what we're giving to and whether we should give to know your Bible. Get your kids involved. Uh, and then pray about it. Then fill your form out and bring it back next week. Put it in the collection plate. Uh, we'll tally it up and see if Northside commits to continue to support Know Your Bible. Now, I can't wait to meet Curly. I hadn't met him yet. Uh, may not get to meet him till heaven. I don't know. But if I do not meet him till heaven, I'll have time to meet him. Now, I'm going to be really busy at the first. You people, I think I've told you this, my theory before, I'm going to be really busy the first few years maybe. I don't know how long, uh, but it doesn't really matter. Because, see, there's going to be a lot of people that recognize me. <laughs> and the white-haired guy. Uh, no, really, there are going to be a lot of people that are there because of Know Your Bible. And since I assume I'll look close enough like myself that they'll recognize me, uh, I'm going to be busy introducing them to Northsiders. Now, they're going to be thanking me for Know Your Bible. Well, I'm going to have to show them who really put on Know Your Bible. Uh, you're, you're the ones that make it work. Uh, and sometimes I think about that day. I think it'll feel just like I thought it would feel. But see, all those folks that are there because of Know Your Bible. Give if you can. Sacrifice if you need to. Uh, let's support Know Your Bible like we always have. I, I hope you're ready for heaven like Curly is now. Uh, you need to give yourself to the Lord in baptism if you're not. Uh, if not, take care of that today. We're going to sing a song of invitation. Uh, if you need to put Christ on in baptism, have some other need of this family, uh, need to make it public, we want you to come. Let's stand and sing. If you need to come, come. <laughs>